Amen. Well, <clears throat> I want to start with seed and soil. <laughs> so I thank you for that, that word, actually. Um, it's just, I'm not actually going to probably come back here, but please just give me a little grace because some of this is a little out of order, but it was just a lot, so it's hard to kind of necessarily put it in a very succinct manner. But we all know that seeds reproduce after their own kind. Uh, if you plant a, an apple or you, you plant, you know, like you said, a, a grape seed, you expect what you planted. So a seed determines what will grow. It doesn't determine how it's going to grow, but it determines what's going to grow. But the soil that you plant it in, that determines how it's going to grow. So I say those things because I really want to talk about unity today. So unity really is, the way I look at it, is unity is the soil. Unity is the soil. So, you know, being down here in the south, you realize that peanuts don't grow up north. <laughs> While I was over at Hannah's house, we were uh, laughing. Uh, she said some northerners came down and were looking in the trees for peanuts. <laughs> because everything else, almonds, you know, I mean, they normally grow in, in, in trees. So you expect something, you know, to grow in a tree. You don't really expect just, you know, you have to pull this thing up from the ground, let it dry out, all this other stuff. So, so often we focus on the seed, so often we focus on what it is, but I, I really just want to go through some things as far as it relates to unity that, that can really help the seeds that God's wanting to plant for the growth to not be stunted. Or so, say you have a vine that's eight years in and now it's starting to produce fruit, if that soil all of a sudden is, is, has been taxed or there's weeds or, or whatever, it chokes the very life out of this thing that's been birthing for eight years. All right, so um, I, I want to talk about unity in general, but it's really probably going to be a little more from a kingdom perspective. So we're just going to take a step back from just us and see us as the body of Christ. All right, so... Unity requires multiple things, but there was just three things that kind of stuck out to me, and I want to go through some verses to kind of uh, highlight those, but unity requires humility. Unity requires compromise, and I'll come back to that because I know we look at that word as being a bad word, all right? Um, and unity is his heart for us. I'll say it, say it again. Unity requires humility. Unity requires compromises on some, in, on some part of the individuals. And it also requires, I mean, unity is his heart. When I say his, I mean the Father's heart for us. When I say unity requires compromise or compromises, basically the definition of compromise is basically you have two or more parties, and they basically make concessions so that we can agree. <laughs> I want to go to Chick-fil-A. Nobody else wants to go to Chick-fil-A. So I have to make a concession to the rest of the group, normally because I'm honoring them or I love them. 
So we get to go to, you know, where, where, Zaxby's. I, cannot, I don't like Zaxby's, okay? <laughs> um, or it's Sunday, and I want to go to Saigon, all right? <laughs> so you ask me, where do you want to go? You already know where I want to go. If you know me, you know where I want to go. But I have to make a compromise. But it's not, it's not the bad definition that we think of compromise. I'm, I'm compromising for love's sake, all right? So let's just look at a few verses, and, and then um, we'll kind of start to open this up. I want to start in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, I'm just going to read 13 through 14. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13 through 14. It says, For even as the body, speaking of Jesus' body, is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, we're Greeks technically in, that, in this sentence, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. And I'm going to just make some, some statements uh, that we'll read in the specific verses, but I was just going through here and, you know, I'm just reading one spirit, one resurrection, one Lord, one Savior, one baptism, one bride, one hope, one God and Father who is over all and through all, one lover, one lover of our souls, one author and finish of our faith. I was just, just kept going, one, 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 one. Yet, there is this, even though there's this oneness, there, it, it doesn't negate individuality. Even though God is one God, He's, he exists perfectly in three persons. So as I look at, at the body, I, I really believe that God is just bringing us back to really a prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden as, 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 as the body of Christ. And that, let's look at that. That's in John 17, 21 through 23. So he's, he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And this is just, just a little escarp of, of, of what he, he prays for us. And he says, I pray that they will, again, this is John 17, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. I was reading from the, the NLT. In this, we see a heart for his, his body. Not bodies, but his body. That, 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 that he desires... All of us, not just to be one love, you know, then we have First Baptist, then we have, you know, United Methodists. Us being in specific local congregations is good, but it's almost as though over the course of time, we have become so segmented, we have become so individualized that we literally start to look like bodies, that, that, that our mindset is really concerned more about us to the, at the expense of seeing the body as a whole, all right? So I just want to read through some more things so I can 
kind of start to, to, to tie it up a little bit. You don't have to go to some of these because I'm just going to read the sentence. In Ephesians 6, 18, Paul says, Pray in the Holy Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers. Not just the ones at your church, but all. So he's trying to give us just a perspective. Okay, just take a step back. Let's see this as, 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 a, as a bigger picture. In, um, in Ephesians 5, uh, 1 and 2, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. In another place, Paul says, Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others. Um, to, that, that, that we should so honor others as even in a position that's, that's better or higher than ourselves. Um, let's look at Philippians 2, um, starting with uh, verse 1. I'm just going to go through and read this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You know, Paul's speaking, yes, of how we're supposed to relate to the world, but he's primarily speaking first and foremost with how we are relate one to another in the body. And when I say body, I really, I'm really trying to say the body at large. Now, obviously, there's people in other countries. It's going to be hard for us to see them. It's going to be, you know what I'm saying? It's just there's no way that, let's just say there's 2 billion Christians on the earth. We can't have a relationship with 2 billion Christians. You know, that's just impossible. But... As much as it depends on us in our region, all right, do we see ourselves as one body? Do we see ourselves as one bride? All right. If we look at the things that we actually maybe disagree on or maybe we uh, don't necessarily uh, agree with maybe a, a particular of how this looks or how, how this sounds or how this should go, it's very, 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 very minimal. It's very minimal. Yet, over the course of time, through, I guess, not fighting for it, I'm not entirely sure, but as, as a body, as a body, as the body of Christ, we've actually become in a lot of ways, more divided. More divided. There's more denominations than we could possibly think of. And then, then you add in the race card, and then you have even more division. Then you add in socioeconomic status, and you have other division. Then you add, there's all of these things which the enemy uses to divide us. And, you know, when, when, when Paul uh, says, you know, I would, I would have that you not be ignorant of the enemy's scheme, division in the body is one of the greatest schemes of the enemy. And it, the, the interesting thing about it is all he really has to do is just throw something in the mix, and we do most of the work for him. 
If we're honest, he just throws it in there. He throws a thought. He throws the race card. He throws, you know, a socioeconomic status. He just throws it in there. And sometimes we bite. But there's a hook. There's a hook on the other end of it. And all it causes is division. It, you know, I think, so often I think of the body of Christ. I mean, literally in, in 1 Corinthians, what is it, um, 12, Paul talks obviously about specific parts of the body, all right, as though it were a human body. He's using the human body as an example of what the body of Christ at large looks like. Hands, eyes, feet, you know, some, some body parts are more glorious, you know, eyeballs are, you know, pretty versus feet, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody glorifies feet, you know, it's just, they're just, yeah, they're useful, but they're not, you know what I'm saying? They're not that, they're not that uh, beautiful, but they all have a position, and he, and he actually goes so far as to say that, 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 that the body parts which, which are maybe even less sightly or they don't have as much outward honor, he actually clothes them in greater honor because they're protected. So whether it's our, our heart, our lungs, our, our liver, all those things that we really need that we just take for granted, that, 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 that they're covered. But when, when we look at his body, for it to function with him as the head, if there's division, if, if we're allowing the accuser, <laughs> to come in and divide us with, with all of these, really, if we look at them, they're rather petty, but we've all given into them at some point in time or another. If we allow him to come in and divide us, then how, how is the body actually functioning? What we see, we see some function in the body. I mean, it's, it's not dead. <laughs> I mean, it's, there, there's life in the body. But I, I, I want to just pose this to all of us that to the degree that we walk in unity and love with one another, not just in a local body, but, but, but regionally, we will see a body that is functioning. We will see a body whose, whose left arm, all of the things necessary for that to work, functions. Where we'll see a body that's able to walk and move and see and hear what he's saying to us. It, it won't just be, God, what are you saying to... Let, let's just use us as... Uh, an aspect of the body. Say that we are one of the arms, all right? Well, I can do stuff with this arm, but if the rest of the body don't feel like going anywhere, all right, then there's only so much that I can do with this. But I, I really feel like, and again, I, I submit this, all right, because this is just really what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying really for us. If we are unwilling to realize that One Love City Church is just part of the body, we'll just say in Tifton, in this region, all right, then there's only so much that we're going to be able to do because we're just a piece. We're just a piece. Only so much we're going to be able to see. Only so much we're going to be able to hear, all right? I think so much of church structure has been that each, how can I say this, each house has been, or at least has been set up to be, a body unto themselves. Let me say that again. Each house has been set up so that it is literally a body unto itself. We don't need anything else because we've got it all here. That's how 
at least from my perspective, churches have been set up. They've been set up to really, we can close that door, all right? Praise Jesus, we want, you know, unsaved people to come in. We want people to get saved, get baptized. But for the most part, we should be a 100% functioning. We got all the toes, the fingers, the ears. And I'm not saying there aren't bodies that function a lot. But no individual body has it all because he didn't set it up that way. We all, all one billion, two billion, how many Christians there are, we all make up the body of Christ. All of us. You know, if we could subdivide an actual human body, there's probably more individual components than Christians who have ever and will ever live. If we just use the body as, as an example, if you count all the neurons and, you know, cells and things like that. I'm saying all that to say, I, I really believe that the Lord is just shifting us back to a simplicity of seeing ourselves as part of a greater body so that we don't get so caught up looking introspectively of what we have or don't have because our mindset is, is well, this, is, this has to have all the stuff. <laughs> like, we, we've got to all have it in here, you know, whether it's, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want, I'm not even going to go down there. I'm not, I'm not going to go down that road because it's going to cost me too much time, all right? But we are a part. We're a part. We're a part. And, and until we see ourselves as a part we're almost in a mentality that, that, that doesn't allow us to see how that part fits. If we think that we have to have, you know what I'm saying, be the whole kitchen and every utensil in the kitchen, the sink, the water, everything, then we're going to be missing it. We're going to be missing it, all right? And I don't know exactly what that looks like going forward, but I do know this, that it requires us to realize I'm just a piece, and I need the supply of other pieces, and those pieces are not here. So a lot of times we say, well, we just pray them on in here. <laughs> we need them. We need them right here. This is where they have to be. They have to be here. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. So <laughs> I know this kind of sounds almost a little woohoo up here, but I, I really believe that the, it, this is simple. It's really simple. I think so often we, we make it hard, and sure, how do you still structure, and how do you do all those things? Yeah, they're, they're, those are still questions, but I think they become smaller questions. I really do. That, 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 that there are kingdom resources that God has that I really believe that he's going to start using us to be a deposit in as far as those kingdom resources through us, but he's also going to allow those kingdom resources to be something that we benefit from. And those kingdom resources aren't necessarily in this room. But, but it's all part of a body, all right? What I'm saying is, is I feel like I'm seeing something that I can't necessarily put clarity to, but I know that it is unity. I, I, I know that it, it, it comes down to how we see ourselves as a part and then members individually, so subparts even in that. So you're, you're, a, you're a member, you're a member, you're a member of this body. Sure, we're a member of this body, but this is just a, this is a drop in the bucket. This is a drop in the bucket. 
I want us to read, um, I, write it, I wrote it right here. Where'd it go? Oh. Okay, here it is. Tell me if I read this already. Ephesians 4? Okay. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to persevere. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. So... (laughs) I used to always think that when it said this mind, it was referring to what comes after. Well, it kind of does, but it's also referring to what we just said. <laughs> Let me read it again. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul speaking, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he goes into, you know, who being in the form of God did not consider it something to be held on to, to be equal with God, but he emptied himself of his privileges, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. In order for us to work together here and then for us to work together with other parts of the body, It requires, first and foremost, love and our ability to lay down what we think it's supposed to look like, how how we think it's supposed to go, what, what we think people are supposed to be doing or not doing, or what a church is supposed to be doing or not doing, in order to actually be brothers and sisters, in order for you to have my supply and me to have an element that you supply. And you may be down the road, or 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 you may be here, all right? There's another one uh, that where Paul, if I didn't write it down, I'll just, I'll just talk about it, but I would like to read it. Um, it's in Philippians. I think it's 14. Let me check real quick. I'm sorry. But basically the gist of it is, is Paul is Paul's talking about not doing things in a way that causes... A brother to stumble. It's First Corinthians eight. I think starting. Let me see. Yes. All right. So in First Corinthians eight, Paul's basically talking about you know things sacrificed to idols and all these things. But but the gist is, he wants he wants the members of the body. He wants us to be so conscious of each other in love that we're willing to actually lay down specific things for the relationship and for the sake of the, the believer. In this instance, he's talking about a believer this week in faith. This specific instance is saying, you know, if, if meat's sacrificed to idols and you get the meat and, you know, for cheap, to you, you realize an idol's nothing, so I bless the food, I eat it. But a brother who's weak in their faith... If, if you eating that causes them to stumble, Paul says that I will choose that I will never eat meat. That again, I won't, eat, I won't do that again if that causes a brother to stumble. Why do I say this? How does it fit? You know, I've only been in church for, oh my goodness, 
11 years or so, maybe 12. So I haven't seen a lot of uh, kind of a, Obviously, I haven't lived long enough to see a lot of maybe what's gotten us to this point, you know. But I do know that even when I was at NCC Valdosta, you know, there would be times where I would be talking to people and they'd say, well, you know, we can't really, can't really work with this church because, you know, they, they don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I say, okay, well, what do, what do we believe in that we have in common? <laughs> But we don't focus on that. We don't focus on the commonality that we have in Christ, the commonality that if, if they are born again, they have the Holy Spirit in them. Now, they may not, you know, be speaking in tongues. They may not necessarily have what we would consider the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But is that something that we should divide over? You know, what things should, should cause us to actually divide? What things should cause us to say, you know what? I, I can't have dealings with you, you know. Paul lists a couple of them, you know. One of them is where basically if somebody is living like a complete heathen, all right, and they're claiming that they are Christian, Paul's like, you know, don't even eat with them. You know what I'm saying? But if, 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 if they love Jesus, if, if, if the gospel is being preached, it may not be the style that we like. It may not be the way that we like it. it, it they may not necessarily believe necessarily in tongues. Does that keep us from, from having relationship with them in, in a way that benefits us and benefits them? All right? I would say no. But if we look over the course of history, anything that could be used as a point of division has been used. And I just want to encourage us, as we go forward with whatever this looks like, all right, I really believe one of the, the soil that's going to either keep whatever's been planted alive and fruitful or that it's going to allow seed to be planted and to grow up strong is going to be soil that in love honors unity, and honors the Lord through unity. We, 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 can't be, we can't have disunity at the level of the heart and then think that we're honoring God in our relationships with people by dividing over, over small things. And, and I really believe that God is going to start to increase the amount that we're actually in cooperation with other parts of the body. And, and I keep saying body, all right, instead of this church, that church, this denomination, this whatever, because Paul just uses the body. He just, that's the word he's got. I mean, he doesn't have anything else. What else are we going to use? You know, sure, we can use, you know, the, the called out ones as kind of this group. Yeah, we're all the church, but specifically as this body where Christ is the head, all right, there's, there's supply, I believe, that in every aspect that God is going to use us for, but he's also going to use other parts of the body for, all right? I'm going to read this one more time, and then I want to pray. There's one... Holy Spirit, <laughs> there's one hope, 
which is Jesus. There's only one resurrection, one Lord, one Savior, one body, not bodies, one body. There's one, and it's his body. He's the head. One bride. He's not coming back for brides. He's coming back for a bride. A bride. We know that a bride without spot or blemish, he's already done the spot or blemish part. <laughs> that's, that's part of the covenant. The oneness, though, he prayed in the garden. Let's read it again. I pray that they will all be one. I mean, when I read this, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm so taken back by what he's actually saying because it makes no sense in the natural It makes no sense in the natural. That just as God is one between Father, Holy Spirit, and Son, he's he's praying that his body would be one. And not only would they be one, but they would experience oneness with him. I pray that they all will be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So obviously the prayer was for now. It wasn't for, it wasn't for when, we, when we see him and we're made like him in, in, in glory. It's for now. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I thank you that your heart for us is unity. That when you look down, you see a body. (laughs) And Father, right now, I, I pray that that as our hearts are just tender before you, that our spirits are just desiring to hear what you, Holy Spirit, are speaking to us, that you would just reveal what this, world looks like, this word looks like for us each individually, that you would reveal it to, to, to us as a body what this looks like for us, that you would give us wisdom, Holy Spirit. You said that if we ask, Father, you, you give it to us freely. Father, I thank you that that your heart for us is to be one, even as you are one with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, we don't take it lightly. We don't take it lightly. We stand against the enemy in being aware of his schemes that first and foremost, his desire is to accuse us before you and and to accuse us to each other. And we declare that we'll listen no longer. We declare that that those hooks, even though it may have bait on it, whatever that bait looks like, we, 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 we choose to honor you and to honor each other and to love each other, to lift each other up. To pray for all believers, to, to, to pray for your body, God. We don't let race or socioeconomic status or, or preference or whether, 
whether they're spirit-filled or not spirit-filled, which isn't, doesn't even make sense. But if they're sons and daughters of you, then they're a part of the body. Just like we, we were born into a family, whether we like it or not, whether we like our family members or not, they're family. Father, we thank you for family. We thank you for the body that you've placed us in. Father, help us to see our individual roles, our functions, where we fit. Those, those charises, those grace gifts you've given to each and every one of us, as you pleased, Holy Spirit. We desire for you to have your way here in the body here in Tifton. Father, that you would knit our hearts together one to another, that the relationships would start to spring up in the body. Father, you, you, you desire for the world to know, sure, by, by signs and wonders through the preaching of your gospel, but another aspect, I think a foundational aspect, so that we don't seem like hypocrites, is that we actually love and honor one another, that we're one. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to make us to set us apart in love for one another. In Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 133 says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of the garment. So we talk about anointing oil on the head. In this case, that oil is poured, and it goes down. It's in drenches the person. Just as we claim the blood of Jesus, right? So it's like precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the age of the garments. It's like the dew of Hermon, descending upon, that's Mount Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. What's the dew? From dew comes what? Water. Water is what? Life. Right? Descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Blessing on unity, and that's such an important word we need as a body and as a world today about unity. And what I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and to um, maybe bring some clarity, um, tell me if you agree um, with what some things he said. We want to see what that looks like, where, and, he's meant, and he already said it, but just to bring it, bring, put a little spotlight on it. And it says in Corinthians, you honor one another. 
First of all, we honor one another. We honor other members of the body of Christ. How that looks practically, the Holy Spirit gives everybody, gives, gives wisdom on how he wants that to look, what it looks like practically. I've seen through the years, I've seen people try to do something. Churches try to work together in a community to do something. And even though on the outside they were doing something together, there was no unity there. People all wanted to jockey for position. You know what I'm saying? So it's not doing in and of itself. First comes honor. First, it's a thing of the heart and a thing of the spirit that God does. Does that make sense? Between the corporate body and between individual members sitting right here in the church, in our body. And the other thing that I really heard, I'm sorry, is that okay? Yeah. And the other thing I really, of course, part of it is just kind of my, the, my gospel is when he, he, he talked about. And this works just, you know, the, the, the word of God is many layered and many faceted. It works on an individual level and then it works on a corporate level. But he talked about how the body is represented by different parts, the arm, the eye, and all of that. Well, the, the number one responsibility of the church is to real, reveal Christ to the world. That's what we're here for as a church, the body of Christ. We, it, it's all the body of Christ that is going to reveal who Christ is. That's why we need one another, because other parts have a part, see something and, that we don't see. But we do have a part. And what I heard in this is that we are a member and we are a part. And what every, what every individual part, what's important individually is each one sitting in this chair, corporately as One Love City Church, what is our part? Does that make sense? What is our part? We have purpose. The city of Tipton needs us corporately. We need you individually. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Is that good? To, to reveal Christ to one another and to Tifton. And it takes the whole body of Christ to reveal the whole wisdom and the whole picture of who Jesus and who God is. Does that make sense? So what I hear in this is let's take responsibility. For our part, we recognize we are a member of the body of Christ individually and corporately. That we want to be our part. We want to contribute and do and add our part. But also corporately realize, and just you know, like what he said, we don't know what it's going to look like, but we're just, what we need right now is that whole spirit and the revelation of unity. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing is relationships. Well, relationships are relationships. You know, whatever that looks like. If, if you're trying to do something for the sake of unity, then it might not work. You know what I'm saying? Because the bias is you're just doing it for unity. But if, 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 if actually honoring, like you said, and having relationships is the reason, then, then whatever you build on that, it, it can actually stand because you, you're not just trying to do it for the sake of something else. You're actually building relationships within the body, whatever that looks like. But for me, all I'm saying is, is I, I agree 100% with what you're saying, and I add on to it or clarify it. It's just we all have purpose. We all have peace. You know, like I preached last time, we actually all have fields. You know, we all have our own individual field. But it also is part of a bigger field as well. So we, 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 we allow the Holy Spirit maybe to show us, so to speak, in the mirror what that looks like for us individually. Then we just take a step back and see, well, how does this fit into a bigger picture? Because it's just a part. It's a valid part, an extremely valid part. But it, it also just goes beyond us here as a body. All right? Amen. Anybody got anything? Anybody want to say anything? No? You want to close this? You want me to close this? Anybody want to close this? Can we say yes and amen?
Casey, Bill, Langston, y'all have anything? Anything on your heart about? Yeah, okay. John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I love you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one, one for another. So, if, if we realize, we, like Cornell was saying, we, we are part of this body, we're all one body, but if we, if we, as a body of Christ, demonstrate Christ to one another, it's going to be that much easier to go out and reach the lost because the lost is going to want what we have. It's just a demonstration of Christ to one another. And, you know, me and, you know, Michelle, we, I was talking this morning, I said, you know, sometimes I look at you and I said, I, I, sometimes it looks like that, that we favor one another. And she said, well, we've, we've been married for 27 years. She said, we, we ought to a little bit. But, uh, you know, and I'll kid her. I said, uh, you know, because uh, I'm on my hands and knees a lot with, with my job and my, my knuckles, they get real calloused up. And I said, it's, it's about time for you to file my knuckles down again. I said, they're getting where I can't bend them. And uh, she'll file them. I said, that's some ugly hands, ain't they? She said, no. She said, I'm not going to call my hands ugly. She said, those are my hands. She said, she said, we're, we're part of one another. She said, those are my hands. So, you know, we've got to get the mindset that we, we are part of one another. And to, to honor one another and to treat one another with respect and, and love one another as Christ loved us and demonstrate Christ's love to one another. I mean, if we can't do it here, how, how are we going to do it effectively out there? So we've, we've got to demonstrate it here. And, and practice on one another here and get it right here. And, you know, it, it, it'll be easier if we get it right here. Miss Laurel, did you? What the I've said it before. Unity is not everybody doing the same thing at the same time. Unity is allowing me to allow Cornell to be Cornell and bless him in everything God's called him to do while he allows me to be me doing what God has called me to do. This body has a, a function, but we also have to bless our other parts of the body in their function because as we well know, it says if we were all noses, you know, where would the seeing or the hearing be? So the whole point of unity is not everybody doing the same thing at the same time because if, every, if everything did, my, my right arm is not my whole body like he said. So unity is allowing you to be who God created you to be, doing what he called you to do and loving you and blessing you in that. The Lord told me one day, he said, you know, Carol has more than just being your wife. She's also my daughter. And I created her for a purpose. And as her husband, part of your job is to help her, encourage her, bless her, strengthen her in what I called her to do, and let her be my daughter. That's part of unity. 
Amen. Amen. You are blessed, and we'll see you. Amen. Yes, have a good week.